Hello, everybody. Welcome back to your Heart in the Paint NBA podcast, the NBA podcast where we ask the hard questions about the NBA. I'm your host, Matt, and on this episode, it'll be a little bit of a quick one. Uh, We do apologize for the little bit of lack of coverage recently. Uh, First off, NBA news has been a little dry right now, and second off, uh, Michael and myself have been... Uh, having a hard time getting our schedules to line up. I've been very busy with work and some extracurricular things, and his work schedule's changed a lot over the past week or two, so I'm just recording this one by myself here today just to keep the content flowing. So this episode's just me talking to myself in the microphone for all you lovely people at home to listen to. We're going to talk a little bit bit about the NBA, a little bit about some basketball things, as well as whatever else I feel like talking about, because uh, we are unabated, unrestricted, and unfiltered on this beautiful Monday evening, the 12th of August. So with that, uh, first thing I wanted to mention was, now uh, last episode we did a all-decades team. And as you may have noticed, a short day or two afterwards, the uh, NBA media talking heads all also came out with a all-decades team. And I think we got it better than they did, personally. Uh, they had Kobe a little high on the list for the 2010s decade. They kind of got it off name alone. You know, Kobe really had a pretty steep decline as well as a pretty injury-laden history seems like they went off a lot of the same metric I did, which was all NBA appearances and years and uh, kind of body of work within the decade. So glad to see we were on the same page there, as well as uh, some pretty big news that is now no longer big news was this idea of a Rich Paul rule for uh, agency and decision making. So... Uh, I'd say three or four days ago, they came out, the NCAA actually came out with the rule that your, I think it was your agent had to have a bachelor's degree, which of course basically only targets Rich Paul and maybe uh, the Ball brothers, maybe Kawhi Leonard, and uh, LeBron spoke out vehemently against this as well as pretty much every NBA talking head. Um, I thought the best argument against this was Rich Paul's own argument saying that uh, getting a bachelor's degree doesn't mean you're not a swindler. That's pretty much what he said. Uh, Very good point as well as in the world of agency, uh, you know, as long as you have okay Excel spreadsheet keeping, which pretty much everybody can do and know people, doesn't really matter what kind of degree you have, I think. So... Pretty dumb outrage. Not dumb outrage, but dumb rule to begin with. And and I get the NCAA for doing this. They've had a lot of fleeting young talent the past couple of years. I mean, there was the player this year that decided to go to um, the Australian League to play with the Breakers, as well as the player last year that actually signed with Rich Paul and went to go be an intern at New Balance for a million dollars. So... 
all sorts of weird non-college deals going on. I think the NCAA realizes, hey, our talent pool's fleeting as well as, you know, this uh, future of a high schooler one and done rule being gone. So they're kind of trying to secure the bag as much as they can before then. Which, you know, can't really blame them for. I mean, they're a business, even though they say they're a nonprofit and they don't let players get any of the benefits, but, you know, it's okay. Uh, another big deal I have seen today, actually, is uh, the regular season schedule got released, uh, which is great because they've actually lowered the amount of back-to-backs as well as five games and seven nights as well as put more back-to-backs at a slightly earlier time frame so it used to be you know the 8 and 10 30 uh, eastern time would be your double headers and now it's the 7 30 and uh or 7 and 9 30 slot which is just so much nicer for everybody uh as well as a couple odds of course came out yet again the Lakers, according to uh, the post I saw today, have the number one rate of 3-1 to one for a team that has basically totally new players. It seems a little insane to me still, but we'll see what happens, as well as uh, TV schedules were announced. The Bulls have no TNT games, which continues their streak of uh, TNT victory televised wins as well as the pelicans have their most games since 2008 which is the year before the chris paul deal uh which is surprising to me because there was that couple years ago where it was like the lakers had a bunch of televised games and they sucked and they kind of suck to watch after the first month or two. And I feel like the same is going to happen with the Pelicans. Um, which worries me because nobody wants to see the Pelicans anyways. Like they're going to want to see Zion once or twice and that's about it. And then the games aren't going to be competitive and it'll be really sad. And I'll eat my own shorts on that one if I'm wrong. Um, so Yeah. That's about the majority of the NBA news I have acquired this week. Uh, we had a couple things planned um, in terms of topics that we will get to next time. Uh, maybe a cool bit of news. A little older piece is they're bringing back some more retro jerseys this year. I've always been a big fan of the retro Vancouver Grizzly jerseys with the brown and the uh, teal so they're bringing those back for the grizzlies which are going to suck but oh well and they're bringing back the stockton malone jazz jerseys which are very cool and i'll probably get one of those for i'll probably get one for gobert because i already have a conley memphis and a sunset donovan so i feel like i have to get gobert next Um, yeah, so other bit of news I'd like to talk about is kind of related to the NBA is the actual NBA 2K video game went a whole eight minutes before I mentioned it. 
Uh, so, of course, it is this time of year where the all of the new 2K uh, gameplay and features get spoiled and announced and revealed. Some very cool things. First off, the official demo, the prelude, the uh, introductor, introductory to the game comes out the 21st of August. And I believe the actual game comes out middle of September or not the 21st of August yeah maybe I got my dates wrong but it's that Monday um, and very cool this year because uh, this is pretty much confirmed all but confirmed by Sony and Xbox and everybody that this will be the last year that of the current generation of consoles which is fantastic news because what that means is that next year's 2K will be absolutely amazing because each 2K that has been the first of its generation of console has blown the barn doors wide open with features, with graphics, with gameplay, with everything. Uh, so that's great news for next year. But this year, what are they doing differently? Because it's their last year on an expiring framework an old system you know what more can they do to 2k they already have done so much and this year their big selling point to me right now as they haven't really shown much actual gameplay off is twofold uh, the first and I think most interesting is they're copying features from their direct competition in NBA live uh, biggest ones being the WNBA so they have added the WNBA as a my league type of mode maybe a my GM mode maybe a creative player mode with realistic hair physics and player ratings and uh, you can take control of a season and manage a team manage a franchise play as the players uh, very cool got a lot of face scans in there really screwed up on a lot of the uh, ladies Makeup, but they got the hair right which is nice like the hair physics, which is good just overall like uh, some of the hair physics Especially with ponytails. I've been really screwed up in the past Be interesting to see if uh, You can pick male or female for your creative player uh, so that was a that was a selling point of NBA Live. The past entry was it had the WNBA in it, so they must have spent some money to grab that one, which probably was pretty easy considering EA has been in the dumpster the past few years. As well as they've added and sort of reworked uh, my players. Uh, one interesting part of just a system wide change has been defense. Uh, it seems like dribble moves are going to be more directly controllable by the player, less sort of uh, animation locking, a little more free-flowing in one-to-one uh, -one feeling. And to combat this on the defensive end, they added the arrow indicator like they have added to NBA Live of the past couple years. And this arrow indicator is supposed to show you how to cut off the offensive player as they're doing dribble moves and drives and 
off-ball shenanigans. Uh, that's one of the other big things they're pioneering, and I say that in air quotes because there used to be off-ball motion, is uh, sort of player weight and acceleration and groundedness with feet, as well as the off-ball juking that you see guys like Steph and Clay do to get around screens and fake people out without having to be on ball, which is, I think, been one of my biggest problems with 2K is the whole screen game off ball is very unrealistic. It's just like hope the other player gets sucked into the screen animation and then you're good or like uh, even not setting screens and just walking around standing CPUs can get you open on its own just from dumb player collision sort of animations. So that's good to see that there's better physics there. Um, another good thing to see is, I don't know if it was, they actually made the court bigger or they've changed the player size, but it seems like the floor is spread better, which, uh, it was a problem last year. It's very hard to play this driving kick play style. And really for the past couple years, uh, and that's really contributed heavily to the zigzag around the three point line, you know, four drag screens and shoot a three play style is the paint's too crowded. Everybody can just straight up sprint into it, even though they're facing the wrong way and everything. Hmm. Sorry. How do you on there? And another big thing they're doing is uh, they're changing the badges and archetype system. They're doing what they're calling a my player builder instead of the archetype. So the past, I think it's been three years, four years, maybe they've made you pick uh, a certain play style. And this could be like lockdown defender, slasher, point forward, stretch big, uh, you know, post up big rim protector, uh, playmaking sharpshooter and they've in the past year they've gone into these hybrids where you can take like the playmaking point guard and mix them with the sharpshooting point guard and you get sort of a mixture of both worlds and of course everybody in this community loves to min max and cheese it as much as possible it seems like this year they're getting away from that and maybe going to a more uh less uh labeled less pigeonholed system where you can sort of pick and choose more freely where you want to allocate uh, your points, where your player will grow over time in, and maybe you can get some more individualized builds off of this, which is always fantastic in my opinion. I think the more customization we can get for our player and his progression as well as uh, tailoring it to our individual play styles and uh, just overall seeing new and unique other people online is always fantastic as well as this has uh changed the badge system up quite a bit uh there's a new way to earn badges not sure what it is exactly however uh there is apparently 80 plus badges in the game now so they've kind of split up a lot of the ones that used to be um kind of all-in-one badges so like a uh, lockdown defender 
used to be a badge that just always gave you great defense no matter where you are on the court. And now they've split it up into uh, like perimeter and post, which is smart because a lot of the really good perimeter defenders aren't great in the post and vice versa. Oh, and some people are great at both and some people are not great at both. Uh, they've changed a couple things like added more specific shooting ones for like step back threes versus pull up threes versus like long twos and uh, some better layup styles. Um, overall, I have liked what I've seen so far from Twitter posts. They've seemed to have sort of let the floodgates open in terms of questions and answers However, of course, it always comes back down to the feel of the game when we get our hands on it, what it looks like. They always do a really shitty job of showing off the game on their streams when they have their really bad community managers play it. Um, and also, we got to wait for that. You know, that usually it's some Spanish guy that ends up getting the game early and playing my career and leaking it on Twitch or YouTube or something. So I'll be really interested in that because that's pretty much all I do is I do the my career for a season, maybe two, uh, until I feel like my character's in a good spot. And then I'll screw around in my league with simulated trades and uh, do a little bit of my team once most of the season's over. Uh I just really, I have this big problem with sort of the 2K community in general is they just, golly, like people really love abusing the system as much as possible. Or it's a crappy animation, a certain uh, player build, uh, a card in my team, uh, a virtual currency hack. I mean, people are just all over that. And then the YouTube community attached to it is is one of the worst in terms of gaming YouTube content. Like, you know, the, the old call of duty used to be the thing where people would post clickbait titles with amazing thumbnails and they'd literally just be faking games or playing against autistic children. And these are even worse because it'll be a video about like how to unlock ankle breaker badge uh, super fast It'll be a 10 minute video of this dude walking around his dang apartment or his court, his my court and like trying to just plug off his social media for like 10 minutes. And then there'll be like 30 seconds to that video where he's like, Oh yeah, you do this thing. And it's not even like that effective or it's something he ripped off someone else. Like, God dang, you guys are so bad. Like, I get everyone's trying to hustle and make that YouTube money, but like, geez, people like have some dignity and respect for the overall art that you are contributing to. Like for all of the big people that do it, they just disseminate that culture down to the little guys. And it just, it just becomes a cesspool of clickbait and long ass videos and shitty content. Um, so that's a little bit of a rant there, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to buy it as soon as it comes out. Of course, probably get the legendary edition because it's literally the only basketball game on the market. Um, and I'll play the shit out of it again. And I'm not going to make a six, six post scoring 
shot making uh michael jordan-esque shooting guard i'm gonna probably do something different because that kind of sucked last year and i did not feel great about it i feel so bad like i can't even make a fucking three on that player and i can't drive on anybody and my dunks are trash it's like how am i bad at all three of those anyways um another big thing uh Really, over the past weekend, has been this uh, Jeffrey Epstein guy totally pivoting to popular media news now. And that is a, a wealthy, rich, old, white Jewish man who was discovered to be running sort of a pedophile ring with. Uh, various participants, not including, or including but not limited to, uh, many of the Clintons and Trumps, as well as many celebrities and other politicians. So very much a House of Cards character almost. And uh, he was suspected on charges of this, of course, and brought into prison couple days ago they took him out found him with several marks around his neck and body totally expecting suicide as well as being uh you know a guy that probably has a fuckload of dirt on any politician in office right now or not in office uh and so they put him back in jail they gave him a new cell you know isolated uh put him on all sorts of security and watch being like i said a very high value uh person of interest for several people or parties and uh was it yesterday maybe the day before he was found uh dead in his own cell somehow committed suicide while he was on video surveillance and suicide watch and little did we know uh he happened to not have someone watching him at the time and the tapes happened to uh, be overwritten at that point just just went blank um, yeah fantastic uh, no way he could have possibly killed himself because they take away you know your belt and your shoelaces and the rope and you know you had kind of like have to strangle yourself or punch yourself to death or beat your head against the wall which uh, you know if there's a guy watching you kind of hard to do and uh yeah so that's fun they've sent the authorities to go investigate his house in the u.s virgin islands which now i can't help to suspect has either been already combed through or they're going there to comb through a few things before they tell us the next part of the story and as you can tell, I'm very conspiratorial about this because this is now at least three people in the past four years I can think of that have been uh, suicided and are people with significant amount of dirt on the dark arts of the political sphere. Yeah, so things are really crazy as well as... Uh, you know, just a couple things I've been learning about from various sources that, uh, you know, a couple cover-ups here and there by different governments and things that 
certain things look like they're doing but really aren't doing or aren't telling you the full story of what's inside or what's there or what's here. Uh, so, you know, just a little conspiracy bill moment for all you folks. Uh, another fun aspect, and this is probably the most recent bit of news I actually have for you today, is, uh, of course, touted leftist icon of women's comedy and host of several uh, shows on Netflix is Sarah Silverman. And uh, while she has been a very large ally for the progressive agenda, uh, she has been kicked off of many things and lost several of her gigs due to a photo of her that resurfaced taken in 2007 of her in total blackface. She publicly apologized for it, but of course has lost pretty much everything already the damage being done further imploring my suggestion that uh you know nobody's pure and especially with this religion of uh the left this original sin cannot be forgiven and you can never come back no matter how much of the next decade and a half you support their cause so that's really funny um, I I only enjoy it out of spite because I don't like her. I don't think she's funny. Um, but this has got to fucking stop people. Like the whole this you know this happened a couple months ago with the Kevin Hart thing. He made you know some gay jokes and he didn't get to host the Oscars or the Emmys or whatever it was. This happened a week ago with uh, Mario Lopez who was asked about you know, transgender three-year-olds, he gave about the most middle-of-the-road response you could give and got totally raked over the coals for it. Uh, you know, being a pretty much universally liked person, you know, A.C. Slater, uh, host of, you know, several events and shows and whatnot. I was just like, come on, folks. Like... These people really haven't done anything wrong. I mean, okay, they've done things wrong, but these couple instances are not blackballed from existence worthy. Like, geez Louise, get your head out of your ass and worry about something else. And then I'll cap it off by, because uh, we're getting close to the end here. I'm going to try and keep this one short because I know the last one, I really rambled way too much and uh, went way off the reservation. And that is, I got a new pair of shoes the other day. I got, I'm getting a new pair in the mail. I got, I ordered some more Ultra Boost because my old ones have basically finally bit the dust after four years of pretty continual wear. Um, so I got a new pair, pretty cheap StockX sponsor. Hit me up, please. Uh, and that is, I got a pair of Kyrie Fives. Got the Oreo edition, which is pretty sweet. Like the way they look, like the way they feel. Um, still like the fours a little better, but the fives have an articulated zoom bag in the forefoot, which feels surprisingly good. Didn't think I would like that. But jeez uh, Louise, they wrecked my uh, heel afterwards. I don't know what happened. I think it was, it's the sort of the 
collar area, you know, that kind of holds the Achilles together in the back of the shoe. I think mine just wasn't sitting in there right, or it was rubbing me the wrong way, but the next four days, like my Achilles was super sore. Very strange. Never really had that problem that severe before until that pair of shoes. So now I'm a little worried because I've got uh, volleyball and basketball games for about the next week every night. So it's going to be a little rough. I'm going to have to roll back to the hardened ones, which I actually finally got a pair of the other day. Really cheap on StockX, like 60 bucks. Really underrated shoe. Like that shoe came out almost four years ago. This was like when the D Rose 6 was almost still a thing. And wow, it's a low top. It's a little heavier for a low top. And. The lockdown isn't quite as good as I'd like it to be, but the boost is solid. And oh my God, the traction's amazing. I got us playing on a dirty court and I swear I couldn't like pivot. I couldn't even pivot. I was so stuck on my toes. It's crazy what that coral pattern can do. And my, maybe my one complaint is uh, if you if you look at the hardened ones, they have that suede or fake leather toe cap, and where that is on the shoe, there's like a kind of a nasty seam over your pinky toe, and that kind of bugged me for a while. But uh, once you break it in, it's not really an issue. That's really cool. And I'm looking forward to getting a pair of Don ones because. I've almost got all of the Marvel shoes. I need those. I need the boost you wears. I don't remember which character those are. And I need the Captain America ones. And then I'll have all of the Marvel line, which would be so cool. So with that, folks, we'll let you go. This has been your Heart in the Paint podcast. You can follow us on SoundCloud. Uh, send us emails, comments, questions, concerns. We always love hearing back from you as well as our sponsor for this episode, which has turned out to be StockX and Modelo Especial. And we will hear from you guys and you'll hear from us very shortly with some real pressing NBA news.